start to put tension on my string drawback, I was like, okay, I'm gonna smoke. It's him. You can look at the horns when he's dead. I'm, I'm in, you know, in the zone. Let the arrow go is perfect. Uh, when they lose their front shoulders, yeah, you start, yeah, that's how you know. Episode 140. Here we go. Uh, it is. You did say 140. Yeah. Okay. You can 140 in. You can never remember, even if I tell you right before. Yeah, but I, you you questioned it for a second, and you're mm. like, is it 140? Debatable. So, this 140th episode of the White Cat Outdoors. I think we should start calling it installments. Installments. 140th installment. Leave in the comments if that's what you like. Well, once we get our new intro, we'll start. We'll calling start calling it installments. installments. Good deal. Yeah. So, and none of you have reached out to us, so shame not to on point you. any fingers, but, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So as you heard, me, Nick, and Tom are all sitting here. Tom's been here and there lately, but nothing going on. Well, you had a little bit going on today, so we pushed it back so you could be here. Mm-hmm. That's kind of you know what we're talking about tonight. Really, yeah. it pertains to it. So, Tom, what what was so important that you had to push the podcast back today? I had, we, I was with you. Yeah, Nick was with me. Uh, we had to hang a stand, and I tell you what, it's beauty. So let's let's. I think it's better that we you know jump to the end and then like back <laughs> to the beginning. No, periodically so, referring to the middle. So last year, um, Tom and I both hunted obviously this whole piece, but in this vicinity last year, and both of us had picked this certain tree that sounds absolutely perfect or looks perfect. I said sound because you tapped that mic. <laughs> I was just seeing uh, those on. No, so Tom and I both really liked this tree. It was in the perfect position um, right off of water. So it's like, I mean, no scent coming in. There's bedding. There's yeah, You can food. walk the creek there. You can. It's like two oh. steps out of the creek and you're on a stick. Nice. Um, so that's really nice. But the problem was is the base of this tree, it's a common base tree. It's massive. There's no way you can get your strap around it mm-hmm. for probably two sticks, I would say. Really, uh, it, it's a big tree, and it you know branches off in a couple of different ways, and so we neither of us could hunt it. But last year, him and I both were like, "Man, this looks like a really good spot." We need to hunt this spot. Yeah. yeah so we would pick you know less than ideal trees because that's what we could do. So Tom <coughs> came up with the idea, um, said, "Hey, let's hang a stand there." So mm-hmm. and let me just go ahead paint the picture. So you walk down this creek bottom, and this creek bottom goes through the middle of this high, I don't even know if it's like golden rods and pricker bush. It's thick, nasty. Mm-hmm. And it's Pretty much with, impenetrable if you were to try and walk through the first half of it. Yeah, loaded with apple trees. So it's just perfect deer bedding, which I don't really love walking through the bedding, but you can walk through the creek so you're not... You know, Traipsing through the tall shit. Yeah, and I think it's going to be a morning spot and... When you get in there to hunt it, you're going to want to sit there early, well before dark, and hunt it all day. Mm-hmm. I think it's just going to be one of those spots. So you walk walk this creek all the way to the tip of the swamp. 
and you climb up in the tree and right underneath you there's this big stagnant water hole i think deer are going to come there obviously to drink about 25 yards to the north there's a giant oak tree and there's this perfect limb that comes off and it hangs you know right above this perfect scraping branch. yeah it's a perfect scraping branch and then probably about 27 yards to the northeast there's a giant apple tree just absolutely loaded with apples so you're you're tucked up in this big maple you got an oak tree out to the front of you you got a apple tree kitty corner that you got a big watering hole basically right underneath you and it's surrounded by this thick high tall grass and prickers and and what did we see while hanging a stand? Deer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're bedded right where we thought they would be and right where they were last year. Nice. That's um, going to be a sweet spot. Yeah. I think I might try it early archery season. Just dip your toes in. Yeah, and then I'm going to let her go till the rut. Or yeah, I, I, t- I told Tommy because, like, I, I hunted pretty close to that. Basically, the, the buck I saw last year opening day – I'm pretty sure was bedded there because he, he mm-hmm. came from there um, and then went back to there. Mm-hmm. So I, I wouldn't doubt it if that's where he's bedded. And then later on in the season, I saw him down in there again, chasing does around. Mm-hmm. So I know that that's where they're bedded. And at least one, I think two different deer came out of there this, this evening when we were hanging the stand. So I know it's getting used pretty heavily and there's trails like running all through there too. Yeah. So... Right on. It's a little bit closer, tight quarters to the bedding than I normally like to get, but I, it's just one of those spots that... It's one of those, like, if you are going to be that close to bedding, I think it's best to have a preset, though, because oh, yeah. it's yeah, you can so much get simpler. Dead silent in five seconds. Yeah, you can yeah. literally walk through the creek the entire way there from the road. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can literally come off the road Into and, the creek and walk through, like, shin to knee-high water the whole way. Just real slow, quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I think it's like two steps off the bank, if that. That's nice. Yeah, so it's gonna be awesome. I'm really I'm excited, super for stoked for it. And then I moved a tree stand. What was that Monday? Yeah, I think it was. Was it Monday? Yeah, it was Monday. Yeah, Monday. Two days ago. Yeah, I took a page out of the old Mike Perry handbook, and I did it intentionally, unintentionally. I'll, I'll explain here in a second. So my granddad had hung this ladder stand, I don't know, 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I could tell, you know, it was in a good spot. But for archery, there was nothing that said, okay, the deer are going to be within 20, 25 yards of this stand. I knew they yeah. were going to be using this flat, but I just didn't know how they were going to be using it. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm, I'm going to walk around here and try and find, you know the spot where I think this stand needs to be. So I'm walking around, walking around, and I come across this deer trail. And it's a, a highway through these ferns. And it's like hip-high ferns, a total dead patch worn right down to mud about a foot wide, and then hip-high ferns. So mm-hmm. they're cutting right through here. I'm like, this is the trail I well, want to hunt. That trail crack... Or it goes over the creek. You had mentioned that. Yeah, I'm getting okay. there. Oh, you're getting, okay. I'm getting, you were skipping you over. Shut up, Nick. Yeah. So I find this trail and I'm saying, okay, this is the trail I want to hunt. So I'm looking around. I'm like, there's not a tree that I can hang this ladder in. 
So I'm, like, I'm just going to walk down this trail and see if I can find something worth hanging a tree in, or hanging a ladder in. So I follow this deer trail down and it goes right to the creek. And if you listen to our Mike Perry episode, he had talked about how deer really like to cross creeks where there's a bend. And it's because the water goes around that bend and it brings a lot of deposits, deposits, all, the and and deposits all there and makes it shallow around that bend. And you could see the big pile of grit that Mike was talking about. And there was that deer trail cutting it in half, crossing right at that bend, right where it's nice and shallow. And I'm like, that's pretty cool because I remembered talking to Mike about that. Yeah, it's always cool when you hear people talking about stuff, then you go see it and you can make the connection and say, okay, that's exactly what they were talking about. Yeah, we all have seen deer trails cross over creeks, but I don't think any of us have ever looked at it that intently to understand that why are they yeah why are they crossing here and then when mike broke that open it was like oh no shit and Mm -hmm. and like tom said it was exactly as he had said and worked out really well yeah so i found a tree probably 10 yards off the edge of the creek right off the edge of the creek but it's going to be an 18 yard shot right to that trail where they're crossing it's going to be perfect so i'm super excited about that i had to move it 15 20 yards from where it originally was so still in the in same the general area but i just feel a lot more com- i know had i hunted where my grandpa hung it i would have been sitting up there and all these deer would have been crossing 40 yards in front of me yeah so which granted grandpa hunts with a crossbow yeah and puts them it's a little bit easier shot than mm-hmm. most of us are comfortable with a compound so yeah you got to be a little bit more picky when it comes to stand placement with a compound in your hand. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Um, but beyond, you know, that's where this is almost game time. You know, this is just late preseason mm-hmm. um, prep, basically. Yeah, um, doing your last minute things. Uh, uh, we just got the last of our food plots in mm-hmm. pretty recently. Yeah. Which I do want, another thing I want to do is I have some uh, cell cams up that. I placed strictly for inventory to see what we have. Um, but I want to move some of them onto these trails that I'm going to be hunting. Yeah, I need to move a couple. I moved two cameras last week, and I need to move two more, three more this coming week. I want to move them around a little bit. Yeah, I got one for sure that I want to move, and I might actually pick up another camera just to. Mm-hmm. There's a few different trails that I'd like to survey and mm-hmm. keep tabs on. Yeah, definitely, and it's it's we're we're getting right down to it. I I saw my first hardhorn buck the other day, which yeah. I was very surprised. I, I shouldn't say very surprised, but I was surprised that he had like nothing left. He had just a little bit of bacon hanging on the one spot. Was he was the rack red? Like was it fresh? Red-ish. Or? It wasn't like you know blood red when they first start raking it all off, but it had that red tint to it. He because mm-hmm. like I looked out in the field. And he was probably 150 yards away. Um, and I was like, oh, that's a buck. It wasn't a giant. You know, it was just a basket eight. And uh, so I could see that he had horns from the distance. But I was like, oh, I'll pull the binos out see what he looks like. And as soon as I pulled the binos up, I could see he was nice and pointed already. And I was like, wow, he's shed. Then I you know, looked a little closer and I could see that he had just a little bit of velvet left that was just hanging there. So they're they're getting hard. They're all done growing, and I mean most of them still have velvet on, but they're not growing anymore. Yeah, the peak they're, growing seasons 
gone yeah. gone and passed. Yeah, so they're going to be all hard-horned here pretty quick. Uh, another thing Tom and I have been doing, you know, prepping for the season, we've been doing a lot of spotting uh, mm-hmm. at night, um, just cruising the fields within two, three miles yeah. of where we hunt, mm-hmm. you know, just a few blocks yeah. in the area um, and trying to just – it's more – I mean, it's more or less inventory of oh, what, yeah, what's in definitely. the area, I don't think um, – at least in my opinion, you know, there might be somebody out there that's got it figured out better than we do, mm-hmm. but I seem to look at spotting as something to just get inventory of what's, yeah, it's not what's a in the area. Tool so yeah, much. not not necessarily for me. I, I mean, yeah. there there's probably ways to maybe start connecting dots. Yeah, um, you need more than just spotting though. You need yeah. a lot of other pieces. To yeah, you need to know out. what what the properties look like that you're seeing yeah. these bucks in. Mm-hmm. Um, it's tough to, I mean, if you're hunting or spotting at 10 o'clock at night, who knows where that buck's at at yeah. five o'clock. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. I haven't done a ton of spotting yet. I've like on my way home, if it's dark, I'll throw the light out the window, but I haven't, I want to do some like actual spotting missions, go out and really look around hard. I remember when we were little, weeks. my dad used to take us when we were kids oh, yeah, my all dad the time. Me. I mean, that was like a big thing mm-hmm. leading Back up to the season. Gas was like buck fifty a gallon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah it does get expensive. It's a lot tougher to justify when it's almost five bucks a gallon. But I mean, one thing that's really tough right now um, is like there's a lot of bean fields where we're and corn too, but mm-hmm. the beans like you can spot you, beans. You yeah, but if they're bedded. Yeah, you better have a sharp eye through those binos to pick out some tines. Yeah, because um, just the other night we were uh, coyote hunting actually, and we were walking uh, along the edge of this field that was beans, and we got within what fifteen yards of this doe. Yeah, and she was bedded, and all you could see was like the tips of her ears. That was Mm -hmm. it. Um, and I, I don't, I mean, it was. And she never even got up. That was what was wild. Like we walked right beside her, and yeah, she was good. Like they can totally disappear in beans if they're not standing. Oh yeah, for um, sure. Luckily, their tines will give them away. Mm-hmm. But most of the time, when they're in beans, they're usually walking around or interacting yeah. with each other. We've seen a pretty nice buck, um, just bedded under some trees, like what fifty yards off the road. Mm-hmm. You know, like in like mowed grass. Yeah. He was just bedded underneath a tree, and the one property watching. that I hunt, uh, I haven't been getting anything on it like I, it's been kind of disheartening and i didn't really plan on hunting it much this year if at all but i know my dad likes to hunt it a lot and we haven't been getting shit on it and one of our buddies the other day showed me some pictures of a neighboring block that has a couple nice bucks in it so hopefully those are frequenting our area as well so well i know bucks live somewhere different throughout different stages of the year like they yeah. have their summer home their fall home their mm-hmm. winter home and we've been hunting out at my dad's farm i think this is year three um yeah this will be year three and i've noticed throughout the years we have had one really big buck in velvet mm-hmm. i think that there's so much corn and beans surrounding us that they don't summer on our property which yeah that's they fine have a lot of me. reason to be elsewhere before the season yeah but as soon as the farmers cut their corn and their beans uh which is usually you know mid to late september our cameras start blowing up with big hard horn bucks yeah so you hear a lot of people 
talking, oh, okay, I got all these big bucks in velvet, and then where do they go come archery yeah. season? <laughs> they go to Tom's property. <laughs> I would much rather have it, uh, I'm not seeing shit on camera during the summer. Yeah. And then come October, okay, You're now I'm seeing a lot of bucks. Yeah. I would much rather have that than Yeah, it's better to be all. disheartened before the season than during the season. Yeah. Because I know there's, you know, some properties that I have hunted that all summer long you get giants in velvet. Yeah. And then come October, they're gone. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, like you said, in the last couple of years, and it doesn't seem to matter, um, like the neighboring properties, whether it's corn or beans, it's the same same deal. I think in the summertime, these bucks are Well, there's staying. enough farms out there that there's typically a mix of... Yeah, but I'm saying beans. like the, the adjoint or... I'm trying to, yeah, the adjoining property or adjacent connecting. properties or connecting properties, um, you know, they've switched between corn and beans mm-hmm. in the last couple of years, but it doesn't seem to make much of a difference. I just, at least from what I'm inferring is that these bucks are staying pretty close to those ag fields Yeah, because there is a lot of bedding through there. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, they can bed in corn and beans like you were just saying. Yeah. They can disappear in beans. So Yeah, so I, I don't. I just don't think that they're, there's any need for them to travel right now. You know, yeah. if they but, stay close to food, there's no real yeah. hunting pressure. There's no chasing. Yeah. Why? But, like, but once that stuff's all gone, you guys have a lot of bedding. You have apples that are going to be oaks. falling off. A lot of the, oaks. Yeah, so you have acorns and apples that are going to be on the ground. Beach nuts. All the way through the end of October, November. Yeah. So they know that that stuff's going to be there for them to eat and bed in in a, two months. The acorn crop is ridiculous this year. Especially I don't know if, on the white oaks. That's just it. Yeah, mainly the white yeah. oaks. I don't know if you've noticed that. Um, we don't really have, well, because I've been spending all my time at that one piece that got logged, so there's pretty much nothing up there <laughs> for me to gauge, you know, Your nut crop. crop and stuff like that. But yeah, it's I, I've noticed big time like white oaks are really dropping. Yeah, which I know. So a few years ago, this happened um, where like white oaks were exceptionally um, fruitful, mm-hmm. and the one nutful. Yeah, nutful. I think acorn is that. It's probably not considered a fruit, is it? I like to call them oak nuts. It's kind of fun. <laughs> kind of fun. <laughs> it's kind of fun. <laughs> Usually gets like one chuckle. But yeah. I remember we uh, we put a bunch of food plots in throughout the property. And the did acorn. Did you plant any oak nuts? No, I did not. But there was so many like acorns in the timber that like our food plots were like not doing anything. Yeah. Like we, pretty much everybody that was hunting there ditched food plots because the deer were just in the timber because like it was like mm-hmm. walking on marbles. Yeah. Like I mean that without exaggeration that it was walking on marbles, especially like the actual trails going through there. It was yeah ridiculous. Um, good problem to have. Yeah, but it did. I, I will admit it made it difficult to predict because yeah they were everywhere it's not like a food plot where i put you know a little clover here a little buckwheat over there little beans over here like it was just acorns everywhere yeah thousand acres worth (laughs) yeah i mean legit it was it was rough um i think some big bucks died that year though oh yeah um so we got it done but you know it's just another i I think it's important information you know I, i think you obviously don't want to be trudging through your property every day leading up to the season. But I think it's really important for preparing for the season to see what kind of um, food sources you have on your property. Yeah, especially and, stuff like that that differs year to year. Yeah, you could have a really good apple crop this year and shit for acorns, and then next year you'll have a lot of acorns or fewer apples, or you won't have either one. You know, it might be a shit year for both, and yeah, your I just, food I, plots I think are going to be hot. So. Yeah, I think it's important, you know, just 
just because you know what types of trees are on your property, I think it's important to know going into the season how well that they're doing. Yeah. Um, because I mean, anyone can say, "Oh yeah, I've got oak trees," but I mean, there's been years that I've seen that there's hardly any acorns. Yeah, I've so, definitely seen that too. So your oak tree's not really doing you much on yeah. those years. Mm-hmm. And I, I, if you wait until October first to go into your woods, you know, to hunt the same stand, you get there, it's like, "Oh yeah, I put it," you know, by there's like a, this oak flat. Well, if they're not producing acorns, it's not going to be a any waste. good. Yeah, I shouldn't say waste, but but yeah, you know, it's yeah. not going to be as um, eventful. Yeah, usually. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they'll still probably use the travel area, but they don't have that reason to really want to go there right now. Yeah. And as long as you're not, like, wrecking through the property right now, I don't think, in, in my opinion, a month and a half away from season, um, quietly moving through the property just to s- scout, essentially, and see, you're, I don't think you're doing any damage for opening weekend. No, um, I agree. You know, I, I, I think we like to give it, you know, two to three weeks of totally untouched yeah, I like to check my cameras, do like my last camera check, all that stuff. Last scouting, walk around the property, see what's what two weeks before. Yeah. Um, I think that's important to get that last bit of intel because like the most recent activity. Yeah. Um, cell cams are really like this is the first year any of us have ran cell cams, correct? Yeah, I've never run them until this year. So I th- th- it's going to be interesting after a full season of using them what we think. Yeah. Uh, I think they're super convenient for uh, checking cameras. Mm-hmm. And one thing like I didn't think of at first, it, you know, your cameras are what? It's like 10 bucks a month um, to run these cameras. So it, it does get kind of expensive. But if you think about the fuel that you're saving not, to not have to go the check time. them. Yeah. The t- in the time too. Like what's your time worth? Yeah. Um, I it's honestly. Not, it's not like you go out and check cameras for 10 minutes. It's. If you, if you have 10 cameras out spread across a couple hundred acres, that's going to take you a long time to check them. It's several-hour job. Well, even so you go and you collect all your cards. How long are you sitting at the computer going through all of those pictures? Yeah. Versus cell cams, they come, you can check them as they roll in. And yeah. it's just, you know, a quick look, you know, just mm-hmm. to get your inventory. Um, but it's I think it's a big time saver. And I honestly, it depending on how far your property is away, is a money saver too, really. Yeah, especially like if we had them up in New York, which we don't have any up in New York. No, because right cell but, service is terrible. Yeah, but if you have a spot that you hunt that's you know an hour away or more, even Tom, Tom and I, the one piece we hunt's twenty twenty five minutes away. Yeah, you know, with gas over four dollars a gallon, yeah. you know, it it adds up quick if you had to go out there every two weeks yeah. versus you know ten twenty bucks a month. Yeah, exactly. So. And like you said, I didn't even think of it, but yeah, the time alone, mm-hmm. you could be looking at another piece, you know, putting food plots in, hanging stands. Yeah. There's other Anything. ways to use that time. Mm-hmm. So, um, what else are you doing, Tommy, to get prep for season? I'm going to start doing something I should have started doing a while ago, and that's shooting my bow. Yeah, I've been kind of slacking on that. Too. I brought mine out the other day, um, but I... I Frank and I shot up through March and then I took April, May, June, July off. And then I have shot it in August. Um, I just, I shoot my bow pretty much nonstop from like hunt through hunting season. Frank and I jump right into a winter league up until I think it's like March because it's right before. No, it went into April. Oh, does it go into April? Yeah. Okay. So it's like second week of April. So, oh yeah. Cause it's like right before turkey season. Yeah. Um, so basically I shoot my bow from 
you know, September or August all the way up to April, mm-hmm. I do like to take the summer to, mm-hmm. you know, take a break and, you know, jump back in it fresh. Yeah. But it is that time to start shooting your bow if you haven't Yeah, already. I definitely need to get into that. I um, haven't pulled it out yet since April, so I need to need to get my head in the, get my head in the bucket if you will. Yeah. Uh, another thing I've been doing just getting prepped for season is going over um I'm trying to like think basically equipment making sure everything's safe mm-hmm. and um like if you have climbing sticks with um movable standoffs making sure that those bolts are tight. Mm-hmm. Um I think that's how you bend stuff and break stuff is if it's loose. Um yeah. there's just too get much play in it. Play. Yep. Yeah, so I you know I inspect all my equipment make sure that it's all you know tight um you know lineman belts are not torn or anything uh just going over just little safety yeah basic yeah it's all safety related Mm -hmm. you know just checking gear making sure it's all safe for the year and you know i'm getting getting excited yeah before you know it we'll be in the woods yeah i can't wait some guys are i mean two weeks out like they're mid-september it starts i think Mm -hmm. so yeah, it's uh, it's rolling in quick. It is upon us. But um, well, uh, thanks for sticking around for 140 episodes. Um, going to be a whole bunch more. We're dangerously close to um, the third anniversary of the Deer Camp series. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're a listener and you get a buck this year, get a hold of us. We'd love to have you on for the Deer Camp series. Um, that's you know from the beginning of the season to the end of the season. It's just hunting stories, just like deer camp. Yeah. Um, you know, that's what we want to do. Haven't missed a week yet. We haven't. Uh, nope. there, last year, we did throw in an alligator hunt. Yes, we in did. In the mix. Um, we'll probably be- have to do that again this year because I plan on going again. So Ooh, Spoiler alert. <laughs> oh, man. Something to look um, forward to. But, I mean, there's always that one guy at camp that, you know, mm-hmm. did some other trip that he's going to talk about. So, it's yeah. just, we like, you know, have some beers and enjoy. Enjoy deer you know, camp. Deer stories. I think that's. That's one of my favorite parts about deer hunting is the stories yeah, that come with it. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, you guys let us know. We'll have you on. It's going to be a good time. Um, but in the meantime, just make sure you guys are all getting outside. <laughs>